get excited when you have no relationship with the person in the picture. You don't get excited that here's a picture of me until we meet. You only get excited when the picture is holding you over to the next time you meet of someone that not only that you've met, but that you love. Jesus says, let's just start right here. Prerequisite. You got to love me to appreciate the gift I'm about to give you. Other than that, this will just be like, Holy Ghost, next. Where's the snacks? Holy Ghost, where's the ski trip? Holy Ghost, wait, where's the new car? Holy Ghost, ah, move out the way. Where's the promotion? Me, I'm like, forget the snacks. Where's the picture with the fragrance? Jesus looks at his disciples in verse 15. He says, your hearts are troubled. Let me tell you about how I'm going to bridge the gap between the times that you've been with me and the time I'll come again. But you got to love me. And the proof is you'll keep my commandments. Not only is he a gift for those who love Christ, he's a gift for those who must have no less than Christ. Look what he says here in verse 16. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another paraclete to be with you forever. He will give you another paraclete to give you another. He goes on to say, if you love me, I understand it. I've been with you all this time. We've been getting it in. But see, I'm going to give you a gift that you will appreciate if you don't want a bad substitute. When I was at seminary, I took a course that had two teachers, and it was hermeneutics. One was by this guy by the name of Dr. Hendricks. Hendricks is 80, he might be 80, he, he got to be like, man. Back then, we were celebrating his 85th birthday. He's still killing it. 85th. Yeah, absolutely. You would never know it because he's like strong, and he's like, hey, how you doing, guys? And so th- he's actually from Philly. Dr. Hendricks was killing the class. And I forgot that this was a class being taught by two teachers. So one day, a new dude was standing in the front. And I was like, ah, that's right. Dag. And now Dr. Hendricks was coming back at the end. But in the meantime, we had a substitute. And I was frustrated. I was like. This dude ain't going to kill it like Dr. Hendricks. From the moment he opened his mouth, it was like another of the same kind. Killing it. When Dr. Hendricks came back, I was hard to transfer. Like, dang, you coming back? I've been enjoying him. (laughs) Then there's another teacher of mine. I tried that same trick, like, oh, man, the person that they're going to put in their place is going to rock me like them. They said, yeah. He used to always say, yo, yo, the guy who mentored me is coming. Two-day substitute, and I was highly disappointed. But it makes the point. Jesus Christ is looking at them and saying, I'm going to send you a gift for all those that love me, but don't worry. This gift won't disappoint because... I know this gift is for people who will have no less than me. You hate that, don't you? When somebody gives you something else but is inferior. 
Jesus, I'm not going to give you anything inferior. I'm going to give you another helper. The word in Greek, another, is another of the same kind, of the same quality in this context. Another helper. The word paraclete, which some of your verses have helper, some of them have counselor, some of them have comforter. Like the, Some of you all may have advocate. The word basically is a word that has such a wide range. Most people like to just leave paraclete there and let all the many things that it means just be summed up in that word. Because when you start isolating English words, you begin to lose the impact of some of the other words, which is helper, comforter. Strength, legal in a legal framework, advocate. We have an advocate with the Father. Remember, Jesus Christ. And so Jesus has already been this for them. The word means one who comes alongside of. So the disciples were living their lives, and then Jesus came in the picture. And now ever since then, they've had a dude who can handle storms in their life. Every, since then, they've had a dude who could heal the sick that was all around them. Ever since then, they've had a dude who, when it was time to pay taxes, could get it out of a fish's mouth. Ever since, they've had uh, this strength, this comforter, this counselor. I'm sure they used to kick it. Remember, everything wasn't recorded us. I'm sure they had conversations about what to do with your life. I'm sure they had conversations about what was going on in the text. Jesus says, don't worry. I know you had your own personal God walking with you. You're not going going to miss out i will ask my father he's going to send you another me but it won't be me that's where you got to be trinitarian to understand he's not i'm going to go behind the curtain and then come back on the other side as me something like humpty hump and shock g y'all remember humpty hump and shock g anybody know the digital underground do the humpty hump and they never caught in the picture at the same time shock g Coming out, hey, what's up, Humpty? Da, 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 and then Humpty come out, and you don't see Shock G no more, and Humpty's like, this isn't that. Because that's, that's what the modalists believe. The modalists believe he was like, ping, I'm the father. Oh, Moses, worship me. Oh, hold on. <coughs> I'm a baby now. I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus. Oh, 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 oh. I'm the wind. Trinitarian says simultaneously, co-equally, each of them at the same time are distinct from one another, but their oneness is in their essence and their worth. Yeah. yeah. So this is the only way it's going to work, because other than that, no gift is going to satisfy for you, Jesus, unless he's no less than you. 16 to 18. He says here, I would ask the Father, he would give you another paraclete to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. And the idea here is in the context of a farewell discourse, that's what this is. Right now, we're reading what they call a farewell discourse. This is when Jesus was saying farewell. He's discoursing about that. Therefore, the stuff we see has an answer to the mood of when you're telling somebody farewell. So the fact that he goes and says, I'm going to give you another paraclete who will be with you forever. Don't you want that? Like, you know, sometimes the pacified kids, 
You have to say, like, you're taking something, don't, but, but tonight, but tonight, we'll have a whole, like, and you'll overdo it about how what I'm taking for you is going to pale in comparison to why I'm taking it from you. Like, no, 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 you put that down, no, no, eat this first, and you're going to have a whole pie afterwards. It's like, wait, 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 I'm leaving, I'm leaving, but remember, y'all had to go and get me food, and y'all left me, and I was at the well talking to a woman, and y'all came back, some of some, who gave them food? Yo, the, the spirit that I'm going to sin, the gift I'm going to give you, the paraclete, is got one up on me in this sense. He can be with you forever. And the idea is not just forever in time, but always around the clock. And so he says here, once again, this only rocks you if you love him. Nobody wants a never-ending supply of liver unless you like liver. This only rocks people who want him, who hunger for him, who hunger for Jesus. Remember, the spirit is what Jesus is giving because people want Jesus. Now, I want the spirit. Jesus is all right, but give me the spirit. He says, now, nah, if you want me, I'm going to send you somebody who's going to basically, and this is what this is the big word, mediate who I am to you and not make a big deal about Come on, Jesus, you always hogging up the spotlight. Now I'm saying, it's my turn. You've been here 33 plus, and now it's my turn to come. Now let me, like, let them, hit them to me, the spirit. Yo, this is your conscience. It's me, the spirit. I'm in here. I'm in here. It's the spirit. I know Jesus was chill and everything, but I'm the spirit. It's me now. Turn to me. I'm just as much God as he is. That's not what he's doing. He's communicating Jesus. And so he says here, yo, you got to have a hunger for me. It's the difference between eating and, and, and having an appetite. Again, you got to appreciate the spirit in that he was given as a gift to people who love Jesus, people who says, I can't have anything less than Jesus. And then when he comes, he will be with you forever, Jesus says. It won't be any less than me, even though it will be distinct from me. But because we're God and we're in this unique relationship, he's going to communicate me to you. And he says, man. If you hunger for me enough to want a never-ending supply of me, I got you, the spirit. Some of us, we, you know, you ever be when somebody say, yo, you hungry? Be like, no, nah, but I can eat. That's different than when you hungry. So on Thanksgiving, we starve ourselves because we don't want to just eat at Thanksgiving. I can eat, hand me the turkey. I can eat, hand me the cranberry sauce. You want to go to the table ravenous at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Like, I don't know about y'all, but that's what we used to do. We used to be like, no, don't give me no eggs. No, 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 that's all right. Ah, you, I mean, your stomach's growling. It's three. And then you hate because you wait. And you could have snacked at 11 when somebody asked you. But because you thought dinner was going to be ready at three. And then the dinner's always late at Thanksgiving. It's usually like six. But anyway. Oh, man, I'm taking too much time on turkey and Thanksgiving. Jesus says, I'm a gift for those who must have no less than me. Romans 8, 9 calls the spirit, the spirit of Christ and says, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, because the spirit's job is to convey Christ, though the spirit is a distinct person in the Godhead, he serves the purpose of mediating or going between or making sure that you grow an affection and understand the person of Jesus Christ says you have to have the spirit of Christ or you don't belong to Christ. First Peter one says people were seeking to know what person or time of the spirit of Christ within them. 
was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ. Once again, the Holy Spirit, not just the Spirit of God, but also called the Spirit of Christ, because he's no less than Christ, their one, to be with you forever. He's the Spirit of truth. In the context of this farewell discourse, you need somebody dependable. So he doesn't call him the Holy Spirit right here, which just talks about him being not only a spirit, but him being pure. But he says, yo, he's the spirit of truth. A, which means he's the spirit that's going to bear witness to the truth. Jesus just told them, I'm the truth. Like, when they wanted the Father. Like, you want the Father? Come on, man. I'm like, the, like if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Now he said, and the spirit who comes to bear witness to the truth is here. He calls him the spirit of truth. He's all about truth. It's his character. Satan is called the father of lies. It says when Satan is lying, he's, he's being himself. He's speaking his native tongue. So when the spirit is telling the truth, it's like, of course he's telling the truth. Of course he's dependable. Of course he's reliable. He's the spirit who can do nothing but that which is truth. He's the spirit who, of course, he's not going to detract from Jesus Christ, because if Jesus really is the truth, the spirit who's so pro-truth has to shine light on the one who is truth. He doesn't have to compete like he's truth. My character is truth. No, truth likes truth. Truth is his commitment. He bears witness. And eventually he's going to say, yo, the spirit is going to basically be the one who comes up with the scriptures. And what is the scriptures? (laughs) The truth. So he's sitting here saying, man, the spirit of God, a gift for those who love Christ, a gift for those who have nothing less than Christ. He says here. The world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. This is where we get that the spirit is not an it, but the spirit is a person. A lot of people say, yeah, man, I caught it. Did you get it? The spirit of God, and I call the spirit of God, and it just took over me. It's real sloppy theology, because some people say, I know, I know. Like, well, say it. Don't call. Like, if I came in a room and I say, yo, what's that doing on the couch? You'd be like, that? No, I mean, who, who let it in? Let it in? I know you're a person. I'm just calling you it. <laughs> you be offended. And the spirit is not sitting here like, but I'm God and I just reach through your emotions and I see. No, what, what it, that's the improper value of who I am. I'm the spirit of truth whom the world can't see because it neither knows him nor sees him. Now, here's a classic case of the world not being able to. First Corinthians 2.14 talks about the world not receiving the things of the spirit because they can't. Their foolishness, the idea of the spirit. And part of the problem is the world is governed by five senses and the spirit doesn't register on those five senses. The spirit registers on a new sense that God had to give us called the eyes of faith. And so that's why we have to, this idea that the world can't receive the spirit means no matter what our marketing strategy is, no matter what our plans are, no matter how much friendship this we do and friendship that we do, the world, which is a system, a way of doing things, the world is going to clash with Jesus because the world is going to clash with the one who communicates Jesus to people and gives you the ability to appreciate, especially a Jesus that you haven't seen and a Jesus you can't see. 
And so what the, the world thinks, they're rejecting Jesus in the picture and Jesus of men's thoughts in the past, Jesus of history books. And they're not impressed with that one. That's because Jesus had to send the gift of the Spirit to be in you to help you to actually see and appreciate and grow an overwhelming passion for Jesus Christ. Which is why crucifixes around your neck don't mean anything. Because that's not him. And that's why we sit and we argue about, well, if we just this and just that, the world would like us. No, they won't. They can't if we truly are from the Spirit. And he says, yo, man, the world can't receive him. And you're going to see that over and over again that Jesus is saying, I'm not talking about the world right now. John 3.16, for God shall love the world, that's one thing. I'm talking about a whole different ball game right now. And I'm doing it in the context of those who love me, who prove it by keeping my commandments, who don't even want me to disappear bodily. And I'm saying, don't worry, I'm going to give you an internal hookup to be connected to me uh, always and forever. But then he not only says that, he says, you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Sometimes we feel bad about the exclusive remarks that we make. You don't want to go and say, you don't even know God. And you do? Yeah. Like, that feels funny. It feels arrogant. And especially, like, um, see, you, you can't appreciate Jesus Christ. And you can. And you can. Dang, he's crazy, yeah? Like, you, like, you don't know the Spirit of God. And you do. Yeah? (laughs) He says he will be, he dwells with you and will be in you. Remember, remember life before it was a given. Before the Spirit of God comes at Pentecost and permanently indwells believers, the Spirit was among people. The Spirit was alive and well. The Spirit was responsible for people making right responses to God. But he would come on them. It just wasn't an internal given. Now Jesus prepares the disciples and he says, yo, you know him, the one that's been killing it through me. But don't worry, soon he'll be killing it in you. I'm talking about the spirit, the gift for those who love him. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You, Are y'all following the emotion here. Why you keep saying stuff? Reminding me. He's only saying it because no matter what he's saying, I'm sure the look on their faces still look like I'm still sad. No matter what you tell. We have a daughter who it don't take nothing to shut her down and get. She'll be just be like. And you're like, no, but don't worry. We're going to get it back in a minute. But no, I'm going to give it to you. I just want to wait. I'm going to stop the bleeding so you don't die. Like, I don't care what you tell her, she's going to be sad. And so he's like, look, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I, I got a gift for those who would have me. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. Not only that, he's a gift for those who would see Christ. He's a gift for those who would see Christ, 19 to 21. He says here, uh, verse 20, In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself 
to him. The spirit of God was a gift given to people who love God, a gift given to people who love him and who must see him. I must I, I must see you. Now, this can't mean physical because he already didn't kill that by saying the world won't see him because he's not going to come tangibly like me. The world doesn't see him nor know him. So we're not talking about seeing him physically, even though he does a little play here, because in one sense, he says, in one sense, you are going to see me again after the cross through my resurrection. That's why he says, well, in a while, the world's going to stop seeing me. I'm going to stop being a public figure. You're going to see me because on the low, I'm going to come to you all. And the Bible says that when Jesus Christ got up, he, 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 he made appearances, showed himself breathing, showed his feet and nail scarred hands. <laughs> uh, if you know our raps, you'll probably enjoy these messages a lot better because there's little stuff that'll go past you if you don't know our raps. But anyway, <clears throat> so he says here, um, in a little while, you're going to see me physically, but, and because I live, you will live. My resurrection appearance. Like, I'm going to show up, and I'm going to show you that, yo, look, I'm a, I'm a witness. My, my resurrection appearance is going to let you know that regardless of what happens from this point on, you have the same power within you, the same one who, who resurrects me is going to resurrect you, this gift given to those who love me. I hope y'all can appreciate the spirit. Don't take them for granted. It wasn't always so. Jesus had to school them before the spirit came. He says, yo, you're going to be my witness. You're going to be my witness. Wait, hold on. Slow up. Wait for what my father promised. People like running just to do stuff. Minus the spirit. He says, yo, if you want to see me, that's why I gave you the spirit. He says, and in the context of love, whoever has my commandments, which is proof that you love me, he it is who love me. He says, I will love him and manifest myself to him. And that word, once again, is the same word that, that they use for theophanies or appearances of God. He says, yo, I'm going to give you an internal theophany, an internal vision of who I am, but listen, it's connected to relationship, not just religion. Because that's why he says the world won't have this privilege of getting it in with me. See, the world can enjoy the rules of Jesus. The world can, when I say the world, that means non-believers who still go to church, non-believers who do good things, non-believers who reject Jesus Christ, other religions that are pious but don't have the spirit of God in them. They don't think they're in a relationship with the God. They don't think they're at his table kicking it with him. He's talking about, I'm going beyond just obey stuff and look in the sky. It's a, like, I'm talking about being in you and you having interaction with the God who is changing the paradigm through the spirit. You're going to be able to get it in with me. Before then, Israel knew believing in the God who once used to come in like a pillar of cloud used to descend and come into a temple. They used to go to a temple like, dang, behind the curtain. I know, like, that's how it used to be. Now he's like, you don't, they're not going to have to have a temple. You're not going to have to wait for a cloud. You're going to be able to see me internally through the eyes of faith until the day when I appear tangibly again. He says, this isn't religion. This will be a relationship. 
That's why he goes and says, verse 21, I'm talking about people who love me and who keep my commandments. I'm going to show myself to them. Verse 22 says, Judas uh, said to him, and this is not Iscariot, he's gone, this is another Judas, said, how is it that you'll manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, my father will love him, we will come to him and make our home with him. It, look at this, not only is Christ, uh, uh, I mean, the, the spirit a gift for those who must see him, internal, being able to lay hold of him with eyes of faith, but... It's for those who want fellowship with him, for those who want fellowship with Jesus Christ. He says, yo, the world can't do this. And then Judas says, but that seems cold. Not only do we as Jews love to see, would love to see you show up and blow everybody's top. Like, why are you, Jesus, doing this low-key, just-with-some-people stuff? And that's the problem we have. We don't like to tell people there's only one way because automatically it rules people out and we're Americans. People shouldn't be ruled out. Everybody should be able to have their own flavor. We don't like, yo, you, who you single? Oh, word. I got 18. Oh, man, who you? Oh, man, text me. I got Sprint. Oh, but wait, are you next to? Oh, good. It's free for me and you, but it's not like we like that kind of action. Somebody told me talking about only this carrier has it. Only, we, you, only people who love me are going to get the appearance I'm talking about because I'm, this is for people who want me. This is relational, not sensational. The brothers said, Jesus, why aren't you going to the feast yet? Anybody who wants to get recognized does it big. Anybody would go to the feast, jump on and say, yo, everybody, look at me. Yo, that was hot and everything, but look at me. Jesus says, I'm not about the sensational. I'm about the relational. This isn't just a free-for-all that lets you know this is a gift. Look, real quick, turn to Exodus, Exodus 33. I'll show you the beauty of this uh, shown in um, Old Testament language. Exodus 33. Oh, my goodness. Don't worry. Next week, y'all, fans from left to the right, to the front, to the back. I'm like, shh. I'm tripping on the pages of the ESV. Look at this. Verse 33. Look, look, just read with me. Oh, I'm going to be finished soon. I'm going to be finished. I didn't get up until 12. Usually we go an hour, but I'm going to try to finish before 1. Look, verse 30, I mean, chapter 33 of Exodus, the Lord said to Moses, depart, go up from here. And you and the people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm going to, like, be jumping around, so just really try to keep up with me. Uh, uh, to your offspring, I'll give it, I'll send it. All right, look, verse 2. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites. I should have jumped around here. Verse 3. Go up. To a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are stiff-necked people. Look, God says, hey, Moses, rally up the people. They don't want me anyway. Look, I'll, get, I'll do what they want me to do, but I won't go with them. So I'll, 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 I'll let them get what they want from me without me. He says, go. I'll send an angel. No, see, remember? Now watch. This is so beautiful. Watch this. I'm going to send an angel. When the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned, right? 
verse 5. For the Lord had said to Moses, say to his people, you're stiff-necked. If for a single moment I should go up among you, I would consume you. Verse 7. Now Moses used to take the... Uh, used to take the tent and pinch it outside the camp, far from uh, the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. Everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Now listen to this. Don't you see this? It's not in the camp. This is, the, this is just get you to appreciate Jesus lodging what people used to have to journey and seek. And if you wanted to seek the Lord, you had to go outside of where you were. This is to us appreciate the indwelling of what at one time wasn't available like that. Check this out. He says here, yo, uh, like, like people who wanted to meet with the Lord went to a place where people want to meet the Lord. But it wasn't like people who come to the place where you're supposed to come and get in with the Lord, but you really don't want to be here. You only went because you wanted to be there, right? Everyone who sought the Lord would go out. Look, but now look at Moses, verse 8. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. Now you're starting to uh, uh, distinguish who's who. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud, presence of God, would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent and the Lord would speak to Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each at his tent door. These people are worshiping because they see somebody else getting it in with God. They could sense the privilege of getting it in with God. They could sense the the, like the distance and the gap between God and regular spheres and said, man, they were watching. They were watch Moses get close to God and have a closeness and a, a fellowship with God that even they didn't enjoy. And they just would worship like, whoa, ah, like and you can tell they wanted to be like that. They wish it was like that with them, some of them. And it says here uh, they worship. Right now, look at this. Moses said to the Lord. See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I have, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your ways, right? Consider, too, that this nation is your people. Skip. Uh, verse 14. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor with, in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us that we are distinct? I, your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? Listen. Once again, Judas, not Iscariot, has a problem with these distinctions. Wait, you're going to show yourself to us and not to the world? Uh, Jesus' brothers, before they believed in him, said, come on, man, just go. Like, go and be welcomed by everybody. She's like, I'm not out just to get a mass bum rush. I'm out to give myself to people who I'm in relationship with. So don't try to make it look like I'm just for everybody. Because I'm not. And you've seen it through history. And, and so then he says, and Moses says, but wait, what about this angelic escort you're going to give me? Remember we were talking about I don't want a cheap substitute. I don't want a second best. Now, an angel is banging. The angels could fight. The angels come and have shining light. I mean, the angels could sing. You had other heavenly hosts that was up in the, uh, around God. It's like, holy, 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 woo. 
we, uh, we watch God on a daily, but we cover our eyes. Moses said, don't send anybody except you. I can't have a cheap substitute. Now check this out. God says, verse 17, Lord said, this very thing you have spoken, I will do. I will do. Look at Moses, verse 18. Show me your glory. He said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. Life before the gift. Fast forward to John. I will be gracious on whom I be, uh, I'm gracious. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. This isn't just a free-for-all. God is not just dashing it out for whoever. He says, whoever keeps my commandment, that's the person that loves me. And that's the person that I'm going to give my manifest myself will see me. That's the person that will walk all the way like Moses into the heart of what it means to fellowship with me. That's the person. You and I, we're just used to getting up, popping up, rattling off stuff to God. They had to look, go outside the camp, watch Moses go further than them, and worship as they saw Moses getting it in. Since Moses met with him face to face, now Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you nothing less than me, the spirit who will communicate me. And I'm going to show you. Moses even said, show me your glory. This is why the Bible says that the new covenant is better than the old. Because in the new agreement, we have stuff that the people before us did not enjoy. This is why our worship must not be inferior to their worship. And today we worship the Spirit of God who makes available these things to us because he was the gift that was given for those who wanted fellowship with God. Notice what he says back in John. He says here, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. The road to Emmaus, they loved him. The Bible says that Jesus post-resurrection walked like he was going to keep going. And they said, like, please come in the crib with us. They wanted him to stay with them. Talking about people who love him. We can't wait to get away from him. We can't wait to duck them. The world can't stand the name of Jesus. They can't stand the person of Jesus. Jesus says, see, that's why there's more in store for people who, by my spirit, have learned to value me and to love me. I give myself to them. 
You and I were made for God. We were made for fellowship with the triune God. This is his promise that not only will you get the spirit, that because of your, 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 your love for me and because of our relationship, not just your religious duties, because of your relationship with me, the God who made you now will internally relate to you in a way that people used to long for. You all have it. Studies have been shown that babies who weren't touched by another human died. Babies who didn't get the amount of human interaction died. Other studies have been made to show that kids who were abandoned to civilization with animals and no human touch degenerated to animalistic states because we were made for human interaction Now, how much more if we were made for God, the person that's not in relation, that's not fellowshipping with him, will degenerate to something other than what we were made for? How much more? How much how much we think people are doing okay who don't know God? They're not. It's impossible. Just like it's impossible for a baby to grow up and and, and go to Harvard without a single human touch. Without the touch of God, without the fellowship of God. And Jesus says, listen, that's, they're excluded from this. People in here, there may be somebody in here that's excluded from this. You don't know it because you're so connected to the religion. That's why he keeps saying, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about rules. I'm not even talking about fearing me, which is the beginning of wisdom. I'm talking about loving me. I'm talking about not wanting to be without me. I'm talking about people who love me, who prove it by obeying me. Look, he says here, he who has my commandments, verse 21, and keeps them. There are people who don't keep the commandments of God because they don't have the commandments of God. When I was in the world, I didn't pick a Bible up for almost five years. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. I knew morals. There were times when I didn't steal, not because I loved them, because I was afraid of the cops. I didn't go to church. I wasn't trying to fellowship with his people. He says, listen, disciples, don't be upset. I'm going to give you a gift. This gift will be another one like me for those who love me. Another one like me, since you'll accept nothing less. Not even an angelic escort. Another one for those who say, I got to see you. Another one for those who say, I got to fellowship with you. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens up, I'll come in and what? Sup with them. We use that in evangelism. That was given to the church. A church that had a relationship with him but wasn't having fellowship with him. Wasn't taking advantage of coming in and having fellowship. Lastly, I'm going to do both of these together. He's a gift to those who would learn of Christ. He's a gift to those who would find their peace or rest in Christ. Look at verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have, uh, that I have said to you. The Bible talks to Jesus. said, take your lo- my yoke upon you and learn of me. 
You have not learned, Paul said, you haven't learned Christ in that way if you've been taught in him. This idea, you don't just think up stuff about God. And he doesn't just download it because the spirit is in you. You just download it. It's just like, poof, I got the, because the, the spirit, the one who made the word is in me, so I don't need to, no. He says, yo, you still have to learn. There's still a process whereby the spirit of God who gives us understanding still doesn't just download it into us like the matrix, but we have to learn. Jesus says, you, you, you study the scriptures. That's a good thing. You think in it, you have life. That, that's one of the ways you learn of him, by studying the scriptures. He says, but what y'all don't know is that the scripture speaks of me. The spirit of God is going to infuse people with a passion to want to see me and everything, even the scriptures. And it just so happens that the scriptures is all about me. Teach them to observe all that I commanded, Jesus said. And then he told them, uh, so you, yo, when, you, when the spirit comes, you'll go, you'll be my witnesses, you'll teach them. But wait till you get that one who teaches you. Wait till you get that one who infuses you with what it takes, the gift. He's a gift for those who would find rest. Look at uh, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I'll come to you. Resurrection again. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but... I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Let's rise. Let's go from here. Ephesians 1.13. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, were sealed in him with the spirit of promise, given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. Jesus Christ says... This gift is going to teach you the stuff because I know you want to learn of me. Others after this will need to learn of me. We do it by the spirit indirectly because the spirit is what gave us the scriptures and the spirit is in us to give us insight into the scriptures. But then peace. Jesus concludes this section by saying, listen, my peace, I give you one by the person of the spirit. The spirit was given, according to Ephesians, as a pledge that Jesus is good for his word. Everything that Jesus is saying, I'm going to come to you. Because Jesus' whole thing is, I came to you. I'm going to come to you after the resurrection. Then you won't see me. But don't worry, I'm going to come to you again. You're going to see me again. In the meantime, you're going to have someone who communicates me to you. It will be no less than me. Ephesians says he's a pledge. That's a down payment. If somebody doesn't trust you, they'll ask you for a down payment. That should give them the comfort that you're going to come back for the rest of it. That's what the Holy Spirit was. He's called the engagement ring, or that's the concept of the engagement ring. Now, we get the engagement ring just because it's customary. You think, oh, I'm supposed to get her a ring? Let me get her a ring. We don't think, dang, now I can't go nowhere because I gave her a ring. No, but in their day, the, the, the pledge was, I'm going to come back and get the rest of it. I'm going to finish this. Same thing. He says, I'm giving you peace. A pledge, a person who lets you know everything I've said will come to pass. Even though I'm going to the cross, I'm going to be slaughtered, I'm going to die. This pledge, this promise, this person of peace who's going to let you know whatever you're looking at, whatever you see, don't worry. 
The spirit of God is the example. Um, we had somebody stay over our house. This is, this is the end. The son evidently is accustomed to being dropped off. <laughs> Not in a bad way, because I don't want you to think the parent be tripping. But, you know, and so it's one like he was with us. And when his shoes came off, he sensed that meant he was leaving. Now, he doesn't like he's real young. He's not even two. Doesn't understand much that's going around him. Um, and yet he understands when the shoes come off, that may mean you're getting ready to stay and I'm getting ready to leave. So he started panicking and he brought me and E. We were watching him. He brought us his shoes like, ah, 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 like, like put these shoes back on because I could tell I'm getting ready to get left. <laughs> he doesn't know much, but he knew that. Later on the next day, the mom was loading the car up, put, left him, started putting something in the car. Ah, he started going off because he thought he was going to get left. Now, I don't know in her case what it would take to give him, here, have this. Oh, I ain't going, she ain't going nowhere. She needs this to go, whatever it may be. But Jesus says, peace. The spirit of God given the people as a way to secure them that whatever you see, you'll see Jesus. You're going to fellowship with him, the father. And so today I pray that as we look at how Jesus used the upper room discourse to introduce them to the paraclete, we're going to see him again. So I didn't exhaust him. He's going to show up several times more. But this one that we worship, because we are to worship God as he is and not as we hope him to be, I pray that today we will worship the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, who is our gift, given us by Jesus, not just to empower us, but because we love Jesus, because we would have nothing less than Jesus, because we would see Jesus. Because we would fellowship with Jesus. Because we would find our teachings in Jesus and our peace in Jesus. Let's pray. Ah, Father, thank you for the Son. Father and Son, thank you for the Spirit. We thank you that the cross, which looked like it put an end to Jesus, didn't. Because you, Holy Spirit, raised them up and didn't make a big fuss about it. You raised them up. And then, Lord Jesus, as promised, you asked the Father and the Father sent him as a gift to those who love him. We thank you, Father. We pray that Epiphany Fellowship and all who are visiting would not just take for granted that's that our affection for the Lord Jesus Christ is just because it makes perfect sense. No, it's because one has been given us who makes it make sense. And then there's somebody in here who doesn't know you, Lord. They don't know that they don't know you because in America, long as you're sort of religious you think you're no different than the people who have something inside them called the Spirit. The someone given from above. Pray, Lord God, if there's anyone in here that doesn't long for Jesus Christ, love Jesus, like an overdose of Jesus, 
can't get enough of them, can't wait to see them, that you would, by your spirit, awaken them to their need to come to the cross, be forgiven, and thereby receive forgiveness of sin. And then the spirit of God comes in and commences to do all the things that we saw today. As we take communion, we're reminded of the cross where you got rid of the hostility that we had against you, where you made a way for us to come and meet with you and have fellowship with you. May this church appreciate the doctrine of the Trinity and appreciate the person of the Spirit who, because he's so low-key, often gets neglected. Without him, we would not love Jesus. Without him, we wouldn't want Jesus. Without him, we couldn't endure Jesus. Without him, we wouldn't create songs that make him look uh, glorious. Without him, we would not raise our kids according to his teachings. Without him, we wouldn't do anything. We'd just be good old religious folk. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you were here, if you're here today and um, you.